If you're looking for a trusted source of natural supplements, look no further than NutritionW.com. Since 1979, Nutrition World has been a staple in the Chattanooga community with dedicated research specialists that stay ahead of the trends to make sure you have the most reliable products available at the most competitive prices. All of their supplements are vetted for quality, effectivity, and potency and shipped using the utmost care with cold packs included in each and every order. You can shop online now at NutritionW.com and choose from thousands of your favorite supplements, sports nutrition, pet, and specialty food products today. Nutrition World, partners on your wellness journey. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Holistic Navigator Podcast, where we talk about all things holistic health and believe in the body's ability to heal itself if given the proper nutrients and care. My name is Brian Strickland. I'm the producer of the show. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about the incredible capacity of Manuka honey for healing. We've got Mike Everly with us today of Bees and Trees Manuka Honey to walk us through how this works and what to look for when purchasing. So without further ado, here's your host, Ed Jones. Thank you again, Brian. And I'm always excited every Wednesday to do these podcasts. And the reason is, is because I've spent my whole life respecting the healing magic and power of nature. You know, 80% of the world relies on botanical medicines. What is botanical medicines? They are products from the earth. They're far less manipulated. They're whole uh, molecules that we were given for healing. They were placed here for many purposes, one of which was for animals and humans to uh, utilize when they're needing something, needing to be, you know, fight some illness or help to nourish the body. And if you've listened to any of my other podcasts, you know of my deep respect for this power of nature. Uh, I have been involved in natural health and healing for 41 years now, and hopefully we'll continue that for at least a decade or two more. And one of the products that I have relied on off and on, because it tends to fall off my radar screen, but when it's, it's back on my radar screen permanently now because of uh, this gentleman that you're going to hear today, uh, Mike Everly, as we discuss Manuka Honey. Now, everyone who's listening, don't think Manuka honey is just a flavor of honey. It has some properties to it that no other honey does anywhere in the world. And it also has to be harvested in a very special place. So welcome Mike Everly from Bees and Trees Manuka Honey to the Holistic Navigator. Thanks, Ed. It's uh, it's great to uh, great to be with you this morning, and uh, looking forward to sharing uh, information with uh, with your audience um, about Manuka honey. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing amazing product, and um, love to get into uh, specifics with you. Absolutely, and you know, I only have people on the Holistic Navigator that I resonate with that I also fully realize has a similar passion for truth ethics and the respect of natural health and healing. And you certainly are one of those. I don't know how our paths ended up crossing, but I am appreciative that it did. You know, you were on my radio show. I actually do a radio show sponsored by a hospital, believe it or not, that's wanting to bridge the gap between conventional and more holistic 
information. So I feel very honored that I was chosen to do that a year and a half ago. And when you came on with my partner, who's a physician, uh, he was blown away about the research on Manuka honey. And I'll tell you something, Mike, ever since I really got back into the studies on this, uh, I have lost count of the amount of times I've written and spoke to people that says one of two things. Uh, I think you should consider Manuka honey because you have some issue and I know it could be very potentially beneficial. But secondly, I think people should have this in their, we used to call medicine cabinet, uh, but in their toolbox at home, when you start having an issue, you need these things ready to use, not wait till you need them and then start shopping and finding and delaying and not getting it in time. But let's get back to the meat of this. Manuka honey, what is it? Why would we want to consider it? And tell us some of the, the, the potential health benefits of this, because I've just finished again uh, this morning looking at Merc Dr. Mercola's website on Manuka honey. And he, he has some really good information. Uh, and I did interview Dr. Mercola uh, some number of podcasts ago. We had a great conversation. Hope to do that again. But Dr. Mercola and many people are really embracing this. So I'm going to quit rambling, Mike, and you tell the listeners about Manuka honey. Great, Ed. So Manuka honey, the word Manuka comes from the native New Zealand flowering Manuka tree. And um, for all intents and purposes, Manuka honey, uh, Manuka trees only grow in New Zealand. And that's where Manuka honey comes from. So it's the bees foraging on the nectar of the Manuka tree that is able to produce this honey with these really extraordinary properties. And fundamentally, Manuka honey, it's in a class by itself world over, it possesses a very potent and a very um, uh, broad spectrum antibacterial property as well as anti-inflammatory properties. And that's what enables Manuka honey to be effective with a host of wellness and healing um, issues and, 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 and challenges. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a superfood. It can be eaten every day and consumed to boost your immune system and keep you healthy and keep you strong, as well as a real go-to medicine to have on the shelf and be able to draw upon when, when various things, uh, various things come up. I love that because as we know, it it, you know, just because something's grown on the earth and it's natural does not always mean that it's totally safe. But we have to realize that the the uh, dangers of pharmaceuticals, uh, which is very much not spoke about as much, I think, when these conventional people write prescriptions, it is the third leading cause of death in this country by the New England Journal of Medicine is prescription drugs that are taken properly and prescribed properly. Uh, and things like, you know, botanicals and, and Manuka have far better safety record. I know just on Pinterest and on Mercola, some of the things they list on here, and of course we are not saying that you can do this to treat your medical conditions, check with your conventional people if you are ill, because legally we cannot be prescribing, of course. But a lot of the research on PubMed and and anecdotally and historically talks about Manuka for things like true staph infections. We all know that the uh, antibiotic resistance is not going away. We have created it by the use of feeding it to cows and putting it in our foods and then prescribing it. And so the, the bacteria have become resistant to many things. Well, guess what, people? 
I don't think the bacteria has seen the power of Manuka ever. So when you ingest it, they don't know what to do with it. So it can become very effective. It's also acne and SIBO. I talk about SIBO, which is small intestinal bowel overgrowth, burns, wounds, uh, IBS, sore throats, immunity, allergies, and even says can improve sleep. So if a person, uh, Mike, wants to, you know, have Manuka honey and they want to do it preventatively, that's okay, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm consuming Manuka honey in my tea mm-hmm. two or three times a day. Um, my wife just likes taking it off the spoon, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, a teaspoon a day. And, and that is really, really good for, especially as you get into cold and flu season, keeping your uh, defenses up and keeping you from catching the common cold. Um, when I travel back and forth to New Zealand, I always bring some with me. If you get on an airplane on a long flight with that person that's coughing next to you, you want to be able to coat your throat, take a little bit of Manuka honey and, and effectively inoculate yourself against those germs that are kind of floating around because your system's not going to be able to, um, you know, the germs are not going to have a way to, bacteria is not going to have a way to take hold in your, uh, in your system. Mm. So it's great day to day preventively. And then it's also great in response to, and, and, you know, kind of starting with the common cold slash sinus area. If you feel that first tickle coming on in your throat, maybe you sneezed earlier in the day and you think, wait a minute, something's, I'm headed down a wrong path here couple of teaspoons of Manuka honey right away. Like, I mean, like right away. This is to your point about having this in the medicine toolkit to be able to draw upon can um, nine times out of 10 for me, knock the cold right out of my system. I'll never get it. In other cases, I might get the cold, but it will work its way through my system much more quickly and the symptoms will be much less severe rather than that cold really getting mm-hmm. a hold of me and dragging uh, dragging me down. So, so you would do preventatively, how much per day do you kind of average yourself? I would say I'm probably averaging now about um, a, between one and two teaspoons okay. um, preventively. It used to be a little bit more, but as I've uh, changed my diet and become a little bit more keto focused, which I know you mm-hmm. mentioned on your podcast, um, I'm keeping my sugar intakes and balancing it out. And that's where most of my carbs are coming from is my Manuka honey. Mm. Now, if you were feeling bad, you said you would do two teaspoons at the first sign of of this uh, kind of uh, imbalance that's coming on. And then would you do it two to three times a day at that level? I, I would do two teaspoons a day just for clarification. So maybe one in the morning and oh, one okay. in the afternoon and in, in kind of response to something like a cold coming on. Um, The other way medicinally with kind of cold and flu season quick approaching now would be to um, if you have a sinus infection or if you're prone to sinus infections, diluting about a half a teaspoon of Manuka honey in your saline solution that you would use with a neti pot or a nasaline rinse. Mm -hmm. And then using that to rinse your sinuses is amazing at knocking a sinus infection out without having to resort to antibiotics which can have, we know, a lot of other undesirable uh, side effects. So that's that's one that a lot of people have been learning about and, and going to. You have to heat up your saline solution mm-hmm. to dissolve the honey, then let it cool to a comfortable temperature. And, um, and, and trying that, I think uh, you'll find uh, it's going to be your go-to solution mm-hmm. going forward. And the same, how like a skin issue, what would you do with that? 
Yeah. So um, the wound care applications for Manuka honey are are really m- embraced by mainstream medicine. So Manuka honey is FDA approved as a wound care product, and it can be applied to any cut, burn, or any type of ulcerated wound that you're having difficulty healing. Just put it on the wound, bandage it over, and 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 really let uh, let nature and that honey do its thing in in terms of helping that, um, helping that wound to heal. Well, I am all about the exact details. So if you put it on a wound, uh, would you change that 20, every 24 hours or how would you do this? You, you can, um, I would normally change when I've used it that way about every day, Mm -hmm. you know, once every day, if it's a sensitive area that is, you know, um, prone to, um, you know, you don't want to disturb it. You want to leave it longer. You can definitely leave it. Um, I would say two or three days before changing the, uh, changing the dressing. Um, but we've anecdotally heard some amazing results. We've read stories. There's been research PubMed studies published on wound care. There's a famous story of a gentleman named Tom Lloyd in New York that credits his leg being saved from a very aggressive flesh eating bacteria back in the late 90s and the doctors were out of options and someone on the team recommended they try Manuka honey. The doctors said, hey, we're, we're out of options here. We'll try anything at this point. Immediate dramatic reaction to response to the Manuka honey made a complete recovery and, um, and, and effectively saved his leg. So what ingredient is in Manuka that's doing this that's not in regular honey? So, so that's a great question. And the simple answer is methylglyoxal, MG or MGO is the abbreviation. That is the organic compound that is tested for that directly correlates with the health and wellness properties, healing properties of Manuka honey. However, it is not believed that it's the MGO or methylglyoxal acting in isolation, but acting in combination with the many complex other substances in the honey that creates these health effects. So that's where they don't believe you can just take methylglyoxal in a lab and use it and get the same result or benefit as you get by using the naturally occurring methylglyoxal in the honey. So, but, but that's the marker and that's what's tested. And I know we'll talk um, shortly, I'm sure, on the um, lab testing, the ratings and the labeling system, which is really what everyone needs to know if they want to um, get a good product when they purchase Manuka honey. Absolutely, because I have certainly admit that I have I do have a lot of experience in product selection and being in this industry for four decades. Well, it is let the buyer beware in every industry, but it certainly holds true in the nutrition industry. It ranges from worthless to excellent. Very rarely is there dangers involved. But if a product doesn't work, then there's certainly a danger that it didn't work. And if you're relying on things like this, you have to know how to shop wisely. And you educated me to a point I certainly had no idea. If a person's going to choose a Manuka honey uh What's the standards? What's the words they look for? How do they do this? And I and again, the name of your company is Bees and Trees Manuka Honey. So, so they could Google, they could go to your website. What is your website? It's www.beesandtrees, all one word, dot com. 
Okay. And so tell us a little bit about how we can be more informed about making proper decisions on purchasing if we're walking into a store. And we will mention at the end of this a way that you can order uh, your brand of Manuka honey, which I love. It's actually less expensive than most. And I'm 100% convinced of its quality from start to finish. But if they're out there shopping, they're standing there in the next hour at a, at a shelf, what are they going to look for? Yeah. So what, what you want to look for is on the label, there's there's two legitimate ways to label Manuka honey. You can either have the actual MG or MGO, that's the methyl glyoxal test result on the label. That's what we do. And and from a there's a range from about 100 to about five or 600 that you'll see methyl glyoxal, and that's milligrams per kilogram. And that's your, your very low to your very high activity Manuka honeys. There also, and this is where the confusion comes in, there's an equivalency scale called the unique Manuka factor. And what's being tested is the methyl glyoxal. That's what the independent labs will test for. They will read that result out though on the UMF scale as an equivalent as an equivalent rating. So a low UMF honey is going to be about a five and a high is going to be about a 15. Now, to be technically correct, if you're using the letters UMF, there's also two other things that are tested for. But for all intents and purposes, what you need to know is that it's an equivalency between that methyl glyoxal test and this uh, this UMF scale. So, but the letters, here's what's really important. The letters UMF need to precede that five plus, 10 plus, or 15 plus. And that's your range from about five on the low end to about 15 on the high end of a UMF honey. What you will see often, especially in the U.S. market, especially if you go to any of the big grocery chains or health food chains, you're going to see products that use a word like active and throw a number like 15 plus after it or bioactive and a number after it, or K-factor, and a number after it. Those are the products you absolutely want to stay away from. What those products are choosing to do is say, we're going to make up our own system, not one that can be independently lab tested. There's no, you know, the two independent labs in New Zealand, which are Hill Laboratories and Analytical Labs that do everybody's testing. You can't call them up or go on their website and say, how do I order an bioactivity test or a K-factor test. Those things don't exist. What they can test for is methyl glyoxal, and they can give you that in a UMF rating if you're a member of the UMF Association. So look for those letters UMF and then a number. And if you want a therapeutic result, get at least a 10 plus on the UMF scale. And if you are going for, uh, or if there's a methyl glyoxal, all the better if that's actually on the label and you want to look for something at least to 250 or higher. We currently sell a medium activity that the current batch is a 350 plus, and we also sell a high activity and that's a 550 plus wow. on our current batch. What great information, because now at least with the, we know the words that if we see, we will avoid those products, which are again, how did, what was the rating words that you said if they're yes, putting on there? Yes, stay away from anything that says active or bioactive or K-factor. Okay. Those, those are your three red flag. If, they, if those words are on the front of the label, you want to say, wait a minute, why is this using such a nebulous word? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Marketing is slick all the way across the board, no doubt. I did do a podcast early on, which is probably about 40 ago, which was called uh, How to Fight Sickness. 
And on there, I know I made the big point again. I'm repeating myself here. You have to have these things ready and waiting to utilize when the body needs it. Because we, in, in my experience in 41 years, we have somewhere around a 24-hour window of opportunity to kind of uh, avert some of the heaviness of getting sick. And if you pass that and then you're like, I'm going to wait till tomorrow to go get the Manuka honey or the olive leaf or the whatever you choose to do, you've kind of blown your potential. So, uh, again, I, I will keep Manuka around as far as in my house and in my travels, it will be in my new kit for the emergency kit for not feeling well. Now, how young of a child can use Manuka honey? So um, Manuka, as with any honey, should not be given to a child under 12 months of age. Okay. And why is that? So um, it is due to the risk of infant botulism. Mm -hmm. So all honeys have a very low potential, a low risk factor for having botulism spores because they occur naturally in, in the areas where bees forage, mm -hmm. you know, for honeys. For anyone over 12 months, your, your gut and digestive system is capable of just dealing with those spores and passing them right through. But an infant's digestive system is not well developed to deal with a botulism spore. So that should be on the warning for any honey sold the world over. It's, it's, it's a consistent, um, yeah, um, warning that okay. should be there. And do you have any uh, revelations about does Manuka honey alter the microbiome, the good bacteria within the gut? Uh, does it is it is it selective? Is it kind of going after the bad guys but leaving the good guys intact? What's your feelings? Yeah, I, I, I've got to believe that it is because of the anecdotal evidence of how many people have gotten you know come back to us and said, "Wow, I've had an amazing result dealing with my." you know, uh, gastric ulcer problem and starting to treat with Manuka honey and how much better that's gotten or my IBS or my acid reflux. So I've got to believe that the, um, the, um, antibacterial properties are going after the bad, you know, microbes and, and leaving the good ones alone, as well as I suspect the anti-inflammatory aspect. I think a lot of gut issues I have an underlying cause in inflammation and chronic inflammation. And if um, the anti-inflammatory anti properties of the honey are really um, possibly helping the, the uh, GI tract issues as much as or more than the antibacterial properties. I love that. And, you know, I speak of chronic inflammation probably every other podcast. And I've never actually considered that Manuka would be a potential for that. You talked about earlier about the fact that Manuka... You know, test for this, the MGO. Yes. And wire. the thing that's is, here we so. go again with that same uh, philosophical debate that conventional medicine has opposed to us in more the functional medicine holistic world is they want to really boil things down to a single molecule for a single purpose. So they want to look into anything I don't care if it's from the rainforest to where they're deriving a particular chemical or if it's just in the lab. They want the one molecule and they don't believe in synergy. They don't believe in an orchestrated power of combining the invisible magic that I respect nature for. And 
you know, I can assure you, as you know, and everyone knows, if I'm, if they haven't already done it, I'm surprised. You know, they will take an ingredient like Manuka, try to find the one ingredient, isolate it, patent it, because you can't patent something that's natural, but you can patent it if you pull the ingredient out. And then they'll have a, a huge price on it. Then they'll, you know, insurance will pay for the bandages. And then all of a sudden it's a $500 product or 1000 instead of a $5 product. So I want people to always believe in the power of nature. We truly have a pharmacy on this earth that is growing out of the dirt. That doesn't mean we just go pull things. We have to know what we're doing. But when you start altering the molecules, that's where the side effects come in. That's where the, the molecules pushing the body into something totally uh, not natural. It's forcing the body rather than nourishing the body. And Manuka is a nourishing type of thing. And so, but let's talk about price. Manuka is expensive, right? It, it is. It is. I would I would assume the world's most expensive, uh, most expensive honey. And you go to New Zealand four times a year to monitor what your hives and do the business of harvesting. Because, again, you mentioned earlier, New Zealand's the only place on Earth where Manuka is grown. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, Australia will argue they have something similar or they may even have a little bit of Manuka in Tasmania, which is the island off South Australia. But for all intents and purposes, all of the Manuka, um, substantive Manuka production is coming out of uh, New Zealand. And it's where all the research has been done on the Manuka honeys. Wow. And I know you tell me about the trips and the, the you know, it's pretty hard to travel those 24 hour plane flights and, and the time change. You are truly a committed person to this path of Manuka and quality. And I noticed actually that your product, when I looked at the price, was less than the many of the commercial brands. Well, we're able to um, bring a really good uh, value proposition, a really good price to the consumer because we're producing ourselves. We own our own hives. We own our own extraction operation. We own our own small packing line. We would be considered a small to medium producer mm -hmm. by New Zealand standards. I got into this a little bit by accident when I was living with my family in New Zealand um, right at 10 years ago. And, um, and now I travel, now we're back in the States and I travel back and forth, as you said, about four times a year to oversee the, uh, the operations there. I'll be going in about two weeks. We'll be checking on the health and strength of the bees. We're in our spring buildup right now. And then I'll spend a lot of time December to March in New Zealand as we move our hives from their overwintering sites, which are on flatter land kind of easier access for us to get to, to look after the bees into our Manuka cropping sites, which are quite remote in these areas that in some cases are in the middle of um, national forest or native mm. forest reserves. In other cases are land kind of bordering those, bordering those reserves. Many of the hives will be flown by helicopter into these remote uh, locations. There's no roads getting back into these areas. And to really get a concentrated, high activity, high methyl glyoxal content, Manuka honey, you've got to get your hives right in amongst where the Manuka trees are growing. Um, a lot of people ask us the questions, well, how do you know the bees aren't foraging on other things, which is a great question. And um, the answer is you don't. It's nature. And they're going to go out and find what's in the area. What you have to do is time it well 
don't put the hives in too early when other native plants are in flower. And then when the manuka, put them in right as the manuka is starting. And the two natives that flower right before that are the kamahi and the riwa-riwa. Those are both finished by the time the manuka starts. And then you pull them out again as soon as the manuka is finished. Um, and that's right before the other native, which is rata, starts to uh, starts mm-hmm. to flower. So by getting them to the right location at the right time, monitoring the season where you're looking at the weather, you're looking at the flower. And um, we have scales uh, that are hooked up via satellite on some of our hives. So we can actually watch the bees bringing the nectar in by the day. Those scales read four times a day. And I, I can sit in Atlanta and, and look on my computer and see those numbers going up with the, you know, with the harvest. So you're watching that harvest, you're watching how the flow, the, honey, the nectar flow is, and you're making decisions, you know, uh, based on what's happening with the flower and the flow as to when those hives need to come out. So there's a lot to it, um, which is one of the reasons why it's fairly expensive to, uh, to produce this honey. I love the story. I love the intimate details. And anyone listening, I think there's no one who would not feel confident in utilizing your particular product because, you know, the big corporate worlds, they have a place and I'm thankful for them in many regards. But when it comes to specialty items that require uh, all these little nuances and these these passions of doing it correctly, because it's too easy for purposes of greed and money to cut corners on everything. But I can see even in this uh, storytelling, uh, how how many areas would be easy to cut corners uh, just to produce the bottle. Now, does it uh, hurt the honey's active ingredients to heat it? Let me let me answer by saying this way. We will not uh, pasteurize our any of our Manuka honey. And we also don't do a process called creaming or blending. So we're trying to heat our honey uh, the least we need to, to um, make sure that we're able to extract it from the comb. And then after it's aged, and all Manuka honey will typically be aged from probably about 12 to 18 months in a drum before it gets uh, packed into the jar. And that has to do with the fact that the methylglyoxal content is actually increasing during that time. There's a precursor organic compound, DHA, dihydroxyacetone, which is converting to MGO over that first kind of 12 to 18 months. So you're letting the honey kind of like a fine wine age or mature in the barrel. You've got to heat it up enough to just melt it out so you can get it to um, to where you can uh, where you can pack it. Um, So. Um, it won't hurt Manuka honey to, you know, to dissolve it in your tea or your coffee. I don't like to have it boiling. I like to let the tea, you know, steep and, and cool a little before I put the Manuka honey in. But, um, but you don't want to completely, uh, yeah, completely overheat it and risk damaging some of those properties. Uh, okay, that's wonderful. Uh, and, you know, for people who want to know more about this special magic uh, potion of Manuka. And again, I really, truly encourage everyone who has a family, who has chronic issues, who wants to have a toolkit ready, uh, because if you don't, sometimes you'll have to access conventional remedies, which of course, as we know, have far more side effects. If we can get a control of the out-of-balance issues far quicker, then most of the time we don't have to access chemicals. So that means you got to have it in in the house uh, on your trips. And that's the thing. When I travel 
And I think everyone should be packing a combination of at least charcoal capsules. If you get really sick and food and this and that, you have to take 10 charcoal capsules one to two times a day. I always take olive leaf. Olive leaf to me is uh, is kind of like manuka in a way and kind of not. And I will be taking manuka on all three of my trips. Tell people more about, you know, if they want to learn more about your website and if they want to order some, the two different ways that they can do that. Uh, Mike, because uh, this has been very, very important. And and um, I just value the fact that you drove and traveled to come here to this podcast because you are sitting here in person. So uh, tell them, tell the listeners more about how to learn more and how to order it if they choose to. Yeah. So to learn more, um, I'd encourage you to go to our website. It's www.beesandtrees, all spelled out, one word, dot com. And um, we try to focus our website around education. We try to lay out a lot of the information I've talked about in more detail about the testing and ratings and labeling and the history of Manuka honey. We try to link to a lot of PubMed um, articles and research, but you can also go into PubMed and search on Manuka honey and a particular condition you have to, to go deeper uh, in that regard. You can order um, Manuka honey directly from us on our website. If you um, put in uh, on checkout a, um, a discount code, um, which is um, uh, use the letters uh, THN, the Holistic Navigator, uh, at checkout and you'll receive a, uh, a discount on your uh, on your purchase or you can go to nutritionw.com and order order direct from uh, from that source as well. That's uh, awesome. Is there any last points you would like to leave the listeners with as far as information on Manuka? And again, your brand is called Bees and Trees, correct? Be- Bees and Trees Manuka Honey. Um, it's in a glass jar. It can only be found on our website or at independent retailers. Um, and mainly we're in the southeast and the northeast right now, making inroads up into uh, into the Midwest. But um, but really pay attention to what's on the label. Make sure if you're spending the money to get Manuka honey, you're actually getting uh, getting the real deal. And uh, oh, we haven't really talked about how good Manuka honey can taste. A lot of Manuka honeys have a bit of a bite and a bit of an aftertaste. And I think that has to do with the blending mm. that is common in the industry. A lot of producers will buy up barrels from all over New Zealand, blend them together. They're just trying to hit a certain activity level on that label. And um, I think you lose a lot and they'll add other honeys as well, as long as they keep that methyl glyoxal content where they're targeting it. We don't do that. We do small batch production the batches will change. Our current batch is a 350 plus. The next batch that comes out six months from now might be a 300 or a 280. And we're going to test that actual batch and put it on the label. But um, our Manuka honey tastes amazing and and delicious. And um, so if you've tried Manuka honey and you're like, gosh, yeah, it's kind of a medicine, but I don't like the taste, you need to try ours. And, uh, and I, I think you'll find a big, uh, a big difference. Well, I will amen to that because I've had many brands off and on over the years, and I look forward to consuming yours each and every morning. And the great thing is you've got a product that is very effective for our health too. Uh, it's wonderful to consume. It's easy. Most kids would like it. And three, your brand is less 
retail-wise price than the other competitors. There's no reason to do anything, in my opinion, but using the bees and trees, Manuka honeys. So, um, and I'm not, I don't say things that are not true. So I'm giving you accolades and two thumbs up, Mike. And thank you so much for coming. And everyone listening, you know, Hippocrates, I've said it before, the natural healing force within each of us is the greatest force in getting well. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Navigator. Please hit subscribe if you haven't. That is the fuel that keeps us in the top ratings. And we are doing quite well. And look forward to many other podcasts for the many, many more years. So I appreciate everyone. Send your questions in if you have any particular ones. And we will do our best to answer those. Thank you. Have a wonderful and joyful day. The information on this podcast and the topics discussed have not been evaluated by the FDA or anyone of the medical profession and is not aimed to replace any advice you may receive from your medical practitioner. The Holistic Navigator assumes no responsibility or liability whatsoever on the behalf of any purchaser or reader of these materials. The Holistic Navigator is not a doctor, nor does he claim to be. Please consult your physician before beginning any health regimen. 